0: Hello and welcome to Two Broads and a Bottle of Wine. I'm Kelly, and today I identify as a white cis het woman, middle class, educated, colonized, yet colonizer. Also, I am the mother of cats. And <laughs> my name is Leslie. I'm a white cis
1: hetero woman in a larger body. Gen X, mother of three humans and too many furry pets to mention. Middle class, higher educated citizen. I'm a child of immigrants from a lower class, both a colonizer and a colonized. That's how I'm feeling
0: today. It's been a heavy week. Well, and that just reminded me I am also a short and juicy Gen Xer. So,
1: (laughs) you didn't say it, doesn't count. I'm kidding. (laughs)
0: so we are going to be changing up our intro every time like this because identity is pretty fluid and you and I have discussed that this is important
1: (laughs) yes our laundry list of identity today you heard is how we're feeling today and we'll include in our notes a link to Kimberly Crenshaw who is a woman of color who first created the concept of intersectionality. So we'll make sure to include that every time so everybody can get in on the fun.
0: Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. And with that, welcome to season two. So with season one, we really stayed in the belly dance universe and how things intersected with that. And this season, it's opening up a little bit. So, do you want to talk a little bit sure. about what we're doing? Yeah, I think,
1: well, sure. Yeah. I think the things we've talked about is we did a lot of unpacking inside Belly Dance, like you just said. I think we're taking that unpacking as the two of us strive towards anti oppression mm-hmm. in ourselves, around us, in the world, the fishbowl we live in. And so, we're doing this conversation to as you always say, Kelly, model the behavior that we as white people should be doing. So these conversations, we're being not perfect. We're being transparent and we're we're just going to own that and kind of sit in it and be uncomfortable. So if you're willing to be uncomfortable with us, cool beans. If it doesn't sit with you that day you open it up, that's okay too. So you don't have to be here to listen. We're doing this to help other people who are struggling to have this conversation. Cause Kelly and I have a relationship where we can talk this way. And I know not everybody has that someone in their life. I'm very fortunate for that. And so we're doing Same. this to
0: help everybody.
1: So yeah. yeah.
0: And you and I have definitely helped each other along the way. I mean, I know that if I went back and listened to season one, I'd probably be like, Hmm, I probably <laughs> feel differently about that now. I- I I might've evolved on that issue now. (laughs) I know.
1: It's kind of funny to listen to it. Sometimes I'm like, wow, that's where I was. So that's the other thing too, right? We should call out like we are where we are Mm -hmm. and you are where you are, the listeners. So we're not asking you to be any, we're not trying to be pretentious or that's not it. We're all coming where we are.
0: I think that's an important call out too. Well, exactly. And, And I know that this happens to me Where like in this process, I get tired Yeah, and I don't offer my, I don't always offer myself grace, but I also don't offer other humans grace (laughs) either.
1: Exactly. So we're going to try to model that behavior. We're going to model the talking and modeling the turning everything off and sitting on the couch with your, yeah, whatever and blankie and watching whatever it is you feel like. That's self-care and that's okay too. So, this no. is a long thing. This is not, I mean, this stuff has been going on for a very long time. It's not going to change in our lifetime, but I think having the conversation helps maybe move us towards the change we'd like to see. To quote Gandhi.
0: So I I hope somebody finds podcasts and podcasts like this like 200 years from now <laughs> and people are just kind of like Yeah, like exactly. They were so they were so archaic in their thought, weren't (laughs) they? Like that's actually. I hope it's. I hope it's sooner than two hundred years, but, but yes. So, what are we talking about this season? Well, we've decided to open it up with the very light topic of grief. So if grief is not your jam today, this is your content warning now. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: And I think and, we're doing this
1: because, I oh know, sorry, I didn't mean to jump on you, but we're doing it because it's going to be a part of all this conversation, right? Is yeah, you're going to go through grief as you talk through your position in this world. There's a lot of things you're going to realize you lost. So
0: mhm. And also just, there's a certain level of grief to just the things that you did not realize. Yeah, exactly. There's some grieving process that comes in when awareness comes in as well. So, because mm-hmm. it, it's 100%. almost like you have to grieve the person that you were and and that you weren't at the same time. It's right. really, yeah,
1: because it's really like the bizarre. Thing, the thing I always think about is, you can't unknow what you know, right? So that's mm-hmm. to put your point. That's when the grief kicks in because, like, you've just lost that innocence along the way of not knowing. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That is beautifully put. So, we like definitions around here. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: it just sets the groundwork. And I actually found, believe it or not, I found a really good definition on Wikipedia of all places. So, so good job um, to whoever
1: put that out
0: on Wikipedia. I'm sorry, what?
1: So good oh. job to whoever put that out on Wikipedia, right? Right,
0: Because <laughs> it's sourced. Um, um, so it says, grief is the response to loss, particularly to the loss of someone or some living thing that has died, to which a bond or affection was formed, Although conventionally focused on the emotional response to loss, grief also has physical, cognitive, behavioral, social, cultural, spiritual, and philosophical dimensions. Mm-hmm. I also Should I do the quote now? Yeah, do your quote. I think it's a nice okay. quote
1: while we're while we're kind of getting our head around that.
0: So there is, we see this in memes all the time, you know, (laughs) grief is the price of love. And I was just like, that is very true. And I wonder where that comes from. So of course, thank, thank God for Google. So what I found was this quote by Dr. Colin Murray Parks, who is a British psychiatrist. He wrote bereavement studies of grief in adult life. And the quote goes as such, hopefully I don't mess this up. (laughs) <laughs> the pain of grief is just as much part of life as the joy of love. It is perhaps the price we pay for love, the cost of commitment to ignore this fact or to pretend that it is not so is to put on emotional blinkers, which leave us unprepared for the losses that will inevitably occur in our lives and unprepared to help others cope with the losses in theirs. Mm-hmm. So in short, grief is the price of love. It's the price of completely <laughs> really committing to something.
1: Down to the Twitter, the, to the Twitter or to the tweet, I should say. They're yeah, saying. down to the tweet. <laughs> but it also covers that whole concept too, right? Of like, you'll hear like, yin, yang, darkness and light. You can't have one without the other, right? Yeah. So I think that's, that quote ties that together with that ideology that you can't well, have really good unless you know really bad too, right? So Well,
0: and it also to me it speaks to just like the definition does that it's it's more yeah. than just someone dies in your life, right? Like right, we grieve right a whole host of things, right, and places and time and space. Like it is yeah. this really totally. It, it it's kind of, and I think you and I had talked about this in one of our pre-show meetings, was that it's just kind of there all the time yes. in the background.
1: Yeah, that was like my big epiphany before we talked, did our pre-show chat. It was like, wow, like if you think about it, grief is always there. You've just figured out how to let it be in the soup that is you every day to day, right? Mm-hmm. So. And some of them get triggered by, you know, these are when you have reactions to things, right? It's like, you have a certain smell, it brings you back to something else. Mm-hmm. So you, you have that, you know, sense of loss, you know, plus at the same time, usually you have a sense of like, oh, this is so lovely. So these two will like sit in the same spot, the duality of it can mm-hmm. happen at the same time. So it's, it's quite beautiful, really.
0: Yeah. Well, and I know that's another thing that you and I have been talking about, and this is probably going to get said 4,000 times through this season. And that is two things can be true at the same time. Exactly. And actually in reality, many things can be true Mm -hmm. at the Mm -hmm. same time, but right right now we'll go with two. (laughs) We'll keep it simple. We'll work our way into that.
1: Yeah, it's not an end or process. This is definitely a living together idea. Yeah.
0: Well, and we chose grief too, just because of what we've seen over the last two years now. Yep. With with the pandemic, right? Right. There has just been like this real. What am I trying to say? Like the rock has been overturned, and we can see. We can see all of the yuck that's underneath. And yeah, I
1: think, yeah, totally. For sure. And people are having to sit in it. There's nowhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, you were in a lockdown. There was nowhere to get away from it. It was you and your thoughts. You couldn't distract yeah. yourself by going out shopping or drinking or hanging out with friends. You had to sit there and stew in it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's funny when people talk about, they miss people, totally. They miss people. But I think part of it is they just didn't, they got really kind of scared of sitting with themselves. It's a hard place to be.
0: Yeah. Well, and also too, now it's kind of like, now that it's out there. Yeah. Can't unknow it. It's everywhere. (laughs) You can't, yeah, you can't unknow it. It's everywhere. Mm -hmm. Nope. You know?
1: Yep. You can pretend you don't know it, but I'm just kidding. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But yes, he'll do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we also talked about, yeah, like grief has been really hard. Cause I mean, we could arguably say grief was us talking through the belly dance. Our first season was us trying to deal with, with oh, the loss of that. Right. I completely agree. You know, so that's how we reacted by it as we wanted to talk about it and help other people kind of deal with it and talk through. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know but it happens. I mean, I'm, about, I'm going through grief this weekend. Cause I'm a, you know, I know it won't be out before I do this, but I'm letting go of a job that yeah. I don't really hate, but I need the opportunity. Right. And there's yeah. this weird, like, again, duality of like, I'm dealing with this weird sense of guilt and grief and dealing with mm-hmm. all the emotions that come with it. So.
0: Yeah, I actually, it's, God, it's so interesting that you bring that up because when, and this was like, this was back in 2014. Right. Um, I left, I left my job as being in case management and like a little bit before that, um, well, I was working as a in-home therapist and because of funding cuts, like that was pulled away from me. So that was like a second job that I had. But I got to the point of burnout where I was just right. like, I cannot right. do this anymore. Nope. Um, nope. And who knows, this might be a topic that we discussed, but I, ha- I basically had to leave the job. Right. And I ended up getting, it was weird because I ended up just kind of taking like a regular office job that I ended up I having this. for six weeks because- yep. The universe came in and was like, oh, we're really sorry. We're going to finally just give you that admin job that you've been trying to get for a while. Like, we're just going to come in and do that for you. Right. And, but like leaving, but leaving that position, I felt so guilty. I felt, and I was just grieving. I was grieving the identity of one, like being in the mental health profession, because that's who I was as a person. Exactly. uh, the staff that i was leaving to take on my 50 cases that i had exactly. yep the clients that i had had for 7 years yep exactly that you've seen change and worked with yeah yeah, yeah. Are, and yeah. who cried when i left and were like right. you know refusing to work with anyone else but me and it was just right. like no 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 <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know you know it was it was heartbreaking and i you know, I just remember those, that was like the longest two weeks of my life. And like, right. I will never forget. It was four 30 on my last day. And, uh, my lead came up to me and she like put her hand on my shoulder and she was like, it's time for you to go like right. you've done everything you can do. And we just sobbed uncontrollably. Like <laughs> that's the one good thing about working in, in social services is that like, if you're crying, everybody's like, yeah, it's yeah. just another day at the office. So like, we just sat there and right. sobbed uncontrollably and, right. you know, another coworker came around and then she started crying and she was just like, you know, and it was really like a, almost like a tantrum, like a, you can't leave us. Right, And It was just it 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 was one of the most like gut wrenching thing. It was like one of the most gut wrenching things I'd ever had to do. Mm -hmm. And it was a it was you know most people didn't really treat you well. Yeah, yeah. It was a job that did. Yeah, it was a job that did not treat me well. But well, actually, I shouldn't. I mean, the people that I worked with treated me well. It's It's not the the system.
1: Yeah, I was going to say the
0: system did not treat yes. us well. correct? And so when people are always just like, there's not enough people. I'm like, yeah, yeah. that's what happens when you underfund, underpay, and vilify a yeah. whole section of people. <laughs> 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 the themes just keep
1: on repeating. Yeah, exactly. So thing, I think too with grief, you also have to, you can't project your way of dealing with, the situation yep. as somebody else. And I, I think back to my eldest, who's now like 24, when she had her first day of kindergarten, she was at a daycare center. So we all showed up to watch them take the bus. Like all the daycare people were crying, all the other parents are crying. And I'm just like, woohoo, this is her stepping into like, like, I feel my job as a parent is to create a good human." adult Mm -hmm. human. Right. And so I was like in a totally different place to everybody else. So it was a really weird dynamic because I'm like, look at you one step closer to being you. So I was super okay with it while everybody else was like looking at me, like I was a horrible mother. Well, at the same time I'm looking at them, like, don't you get it? Like, so it's weird too. Like sometimes I think in situations you might find grief or that you see somebody grieving over it. You can't be like, well, that's dumb. Because it's just, yeah, you everybody's got their own story to get there. So it's, you know, you got to let it go and just kind of let them do what they got to do. I mean, back then I was not where I am today. Like back then I was like, God, what a bunch of losers. Now <laughs> I look back, I realized like we just had different perspectives on it, right? Like mm-hmm. their perspective was they wanted to stay being this, like they, we had different ideas and that's okay. But it yeah. was really hard for me to get over it because they were all kind of like, not being so nice to me because I was kind of laughing and happy and woo, you know, and they're like, Oh my God,
0: don't you love your kid? Like, yes. And you're like, yes, I do love my kid. That's why I'm not right. Right. That's why I'm I'm having the reaction that I'm having
1: for dinner. And I'm going to see her for another rest of my life. You know what I mean? Like, but it's interesting. Like you can be, not even grief can happen over just an event like weddings, people cry at weddings too, right? Like, Oh God, I'm that person. And it's okay. But that too is kind of a weird, well, that could be a variety of different things, but for some people it's their babies grown up, right? Like, mm-hmm. Oh my God. It's like, it's interesting. Like And so I don't know, I've gotten to a better place myself where I don't judge people for not having my opinion on everything, but it's just,
0: yeah, I've realized people do it to me too. So eh, here we go. Yeah. Well, and you know, what's interesting about that is there is the, uh, I'm going to try to explain this really well. It's kind of like, so what, when you were telling your story, what I'm hearing is invalidation, like these people are judging me because of how I'm reacting. And that's really shitty. Like my experience is just as valid as yours and to be, and then to like, right. You know, reflect that back onto them. Well, like, well, fuck you too. Exactly. You know, exactly. right. Like, right, you know, you're gonna invalidate me, I'll invalidate you. <laughs> right. And 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 grief is like the last time
1: you need somebody judging you. Like I wasn't the one in grief, mind you. But yeah. that was kind of how they had to react to it. But it, it's fine. But I'm trying to think of other examples of that where, you know, oh, just get over it. How many times do you hear that from people? Oh uh, you know, <sighs> you put a pet down. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, it's probably for the best. I don't want to hear that that's not what you want to hear. It's like, just shut up no. and don't say anything. You know what I mean? Like, don't, no. don't do that. You know? Uh, yeah. I mean, cause we just put Josie down, but I don't know a while ago, it seems probably just yesterday with time being the weird construct that it is, but yeah. she was like unable to walk. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Unable to feed herself. Couldn't take, yeah. her take care of herself. And we were doing all we could people like, eh, just let her go. And we're like, Why? She's still vibrant. She still wants to bark and fight and do her thing. Yeah. It's like, you got to let us let people get there and then deal with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So good times. Well, and I think, I want to think that that is, is changing because I think there's more, I think there's more information about it because I try to remember and i say i try yeah. right <laughs> i i try to remember that when the person says the invalidating thing yeah, yeah. that sometimes it is not always cruel now i say sometimes correct and, and the reason for that is because there are some people who who say shit and they're either they're completely unaware or they are just being an ass yeah um yeah. But I try to, rem- I try to remember that most of the time, right? you know, the, you know, the, well, it's probably for the best or whatever is the, right. I am uncomfortable with grief. Well, that's exactly so I am trying like, to put a shield out in front of me.
1: We, yes, we feel the that grief. That's interesting. Like that's a societal thing, right? Like Ugh. or a cultural thing, right? Like we don't teach <clears> each other how to grieve. And we don't support each other in how we grieve. It's really wild. I, I'm not saying, when I say we, I'm just going to say white people. I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah. Right? Because I think there are cultures that have processes, I'll say processes, but ritual or support on grieving. They teach each other how to grieve. And we don't do that. No, we don't. We just throw like aphorisms at it and go, okay, that makes me feel better. And I don't want to make them feel worse. I don't want them to cry. Grief is a bad thing. So I don't want them to live there. It's like, here we go. Like putting good and bad labels on Mm -hmm. feelings
0: that it doesn't matter. It's just a feeling. It's okay. Yeah. It's just a feeling. That's, that's all. And, and, you know, but that, that spreads, You know, when we talk about cultural things and again, I'm a white person, so I'm I'm speaking from white culture, but like that whole concept of like, we don't teach people how to grieve and we fear death and we fear grieving and all of that is that it goes to that. To me, it just echoes back to white supremacy, patriarchy, especially patriarchy. Don't feel anything. Yeah. You can feel anger.
1: Well, and I think an indifference. Yeah, and I think what's also funny about that too, and we talked about this already, is that you always hear about the what is it, four stages, five stages of grief, and you're supposed five to stages go in of grief particular cycle of grief. You know, yeah. and like you and I talked about, I always think of that Frasier episode where they're showing yeah. him grieving his job, and he goes through each of them, and like they may not all exist in one situation, they may not go in that order in one situation, you may just have one of those. You might be in denial forever. You know, or you never have denial. You just, no, you just move
0: right towards bargaining and anger. (laughs) Exactly.
1: (laughs) You know, like it's just, it's not like linear that way. And I think we try to do that with all our emotions, you know, and particularly the ones deemed bad. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. we don't want people getting emotional at all. We don't want people. And then what does that do? That makes us all sick emotions are a full embodied experience, right? Like your your definition, grief is oh, not just a feeling, right? It,
0: it hits you mentally, physically, you yeah, know, in all layers. Well, think about a diagnosis of depression. Right. It's not just like, right. I feel sad. It's, I don't want to get out of bed. Exactly. It is exactly. my body hurts. I have headaches. I have stomach yeah. aches. I have... You know, there's this whole physical array, yeah. And you know, to jump into trauma counseling for a second, right? The therapies that really work are the ones that are what are called experiential therapies, yeah, yeah, because you have to get you have to get the, the body and brain m- right. moving in different ways, right, and. Right. You know, you know, we aren't, we, and that's another thing we do in the West is that, right. you know, we segment everything, you know, somebody dies, you get three days, you move on, oh my God, there's five stages of grief. One, two, three, four, five, just go through them. Yeah. Um yeah. <laughs> You can go on this weekend retreat and yeah. you'll be an right. actualized human at the end and of you have it. a bunch like, of what? brought over to your house and everything will be fine. No. <laughs> but it's,
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I know. It's bad. Well, and also too, it's interesting. Somebody pointed this out. Actually, this gentleman I'm taking a class with this afternoon did this. We were talking about mental health, like grief mm-hmm. and depression and stuff. If you went and Googled images of grief, it's going to be yes. this like dark, looming person all by themselves with this dark shadow over them, you know. And blah blah blah. It's horrible. It's like it's very can be Just a little piece of it too, right? Again, it can be the whole like. You have a certain smell that sets off your sensory. Suddenly you're missing your grandmother. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there's just little things or a situation that happened 20 years ago. This thing triggers it in your mind. You're living with that grief all the time, but it's not like it's looming over you waiting to attack yeah. you. It can just be this thing you're living. Cause I think we're living with it all the time. Well, we're we just, are. You're going to have to cope with it. Well, we
0: are. And the brain does not differentiate. No like time, time and space. Like if you, right. and and again, jumping into a drama counseling thing, right. Like if you're experiencing something like right. from when you were seven, your brain is like, I'm experiencing that right now. Exactly. Like it's exactly, you know, so that, that I think that's why it's always with us, you know, well, we're I, always processing
1: it. Totally. And I think that I'm going to say the word negative image, <laughs> that image that is dark and looming makes everybody not want to talk about it. Right, because we don't yeah. talk about bad stuff. So it's like this: we've got to become more comfortable to talk about. Like, I'll admit, like it's been a rough week, and I went for a massage yesterday, and I said to her, which I never would have done in the past, I said, "Hey, it's been a rough week. I know I normally like you to beat the crap out of me and like get all the things out, but mm-hmm. I've had a rough week. I've gone for, and I think it's goddamn daylight savings, but um, I've gone <laughs> from being like super jittery and activated." to like sobbing at the drop of a hat to just wanting to sleep and go to bed Mm -hmm. to, you know, all these things. I said, I don't think my body today could handle a lot of work on it. And she just looked at me. She's like, and I love her so much. Shout out to Nicola. She's just like, got it. And it was like a beautiful massage. Like she got some stuff out, but she knew like I, as a full bodied person. Yep. Wasn't there, you know? And here I am admitting like, I'm in a weird fluctuating state right now. I'm not one or the other. I'm all these things today. So just be nice. You yeah. know, I don't know if I can handle it.
0: Yeah. So and with the images of the dark too, as like, the, you know, these these scary, yeah. shadowy places. I mean, yeah. I just, oh my God. I just can't, I can't help but think of Carl yeah. Jung. Right. Right. You know, right. like you have to go. Yeah. It's you have sh- to go into the Shadowlands. Yeah. Well, it also goes to what we just
1: talked about, too, with your definition, right? It's like lightness and darkness. It's okay. Like, you got to go look at it to be able to know the joy, right? Like, oh. if you don't want to talk about your dog dying,
0: you'll never be yeah. able to talk about your dog when it was living, you know, like, and all the good yeah.
1: stuff. So, well,
0: and that just, and that speaks to, to, you know, being stuck, right? right. You know, I don't right. want to go into the shadow lands because, I, I, okay. Yeah. There might be a different life on the yeah. other side of that, yeah. but I'm familiar with this one. Wow. Well, exactly. So, There's the unknown. Hello. Yeah. How about I just, I'll stay here. I'll stay, yeah. you know, totally. self unaware yeah. and just be comfortable exactly. and not cause doing that work right. is really hard and can be gut wrenching and tiring. Right. And there's and here's the thing too, and I'll you know speak to. I've been doing EMDR since uh, mm-hmm. EMDR means eye movement desensitization, reprocessing, and repatterning is a type of trauma informed therapy. I started doing it in late spring of 2021, and here's the thing: the more the more you clear away, the better it gets, but then it makes space for more shit to yes, come, in, come in, and yes. you're like, okay. Now it's like, I dealt with that one. Now I got to deal with this one. Uh And, and it actually gets messier before it gets better. And you'll get to a stage where it's like, okay, it's good. I'm going to take a break for a little while. But then the thing, but then a thing happens and you're like, fuck, I got to go back. Right. And then that one's even more intense, but the results are even better as to what's on the other side, but it's crossing that Rubicon of fear. Yeah. To, get there. Right. And I will say this
1: with the studies I do in human, like human movement and all this kind of stuff lately, mm-hmm. we're, we're an interesting design, right? We do what's easiest and simplest. So that's yes. why we don't face this stuff. Cause it's easiest just not to have to deal with it. So it's okay. Like I don't want to guilt anybody into thinking like you haven't dealt with your shit.
0: Lorraine, <laughs> right? it's okay. Oh no, 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 no. That's right? why I'm no, saying no, just, I'm just for saying me, myself.
1: I'm saying that myself too, yeah. right? It's just like I'm trying to validate anybody who's been, God, maybe I. It's like no, it's okay because there's also every a. Everybody feels it differently. B. Yeah, I wasn't trying to say that for what you said, Kelly. By oh, right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, not. A, I was not like, at shit. All. Did
0: I come off? No, like an no, asshole? no, not at all.
1: It just <laughs> hit me as you were talking. Like, yeah, like it's humans are, we're interesting. Our brain trying to kind of goes to your point about it makes room for more shit to come in is what made me think of it is that human brain can only do so much and it's trying to keep you alive. So it's like, I'm going to put these things over here. Boop. And then to your point is once you kind of clear space out more stuff, so, and it's okay if you don't want to clear it all out, but that's oh totally.
0: kind of it. It's interesting. Totally. Really. totally. Really I mean, cool. I, I had a session where I can, com- Where I completely shut down. Yeah. And my therapist was like, we have to stop. She was like, you're you're not ready to go there. And she was like, and that's so and she was like, that's okay. Yeah. She was like, we'll, you know, she was like, we can stay, she was like, we can stay stay in the frontal lobes where everything is logical. Yeah. You know, because if that's your safe space, then that's where you need to be. Right. And that's the other thing too, is that um, I mean, I think when it comes down to all of this, at Mm -hmm. the end of the day everyone has the right to feel safe. Exactly. hundred percent.
1: Yep. And you deal know. with it how you deal with it. It's not going to be the same. So mm-hmm. yep, yep, yep. So with that note, should we talk about kind of what the homework is and kind of where, what we're going to do and kind of to bring people along. If you want to join in our journey as we unpack
0: in season two, should we talk through what we want to? Yeah, we want every episode we want to, so you can follow us on Instagram (laughs) at two broads (laughs) and a a bottle of wine. (laughs) But that, well, that's where we're going to be. That's where we're going to be posting everything. And the first homework assignment is to, it's a journal assignment. You know, what, What has been, what have you been grieving over the last two years or what have you been grieving your whole life? You don't have to, you know, relegate it to the last two years, but what are you grieving? Uh That's essentially the assignment.
1: I mean, like some of it could be like really obvious and some may pop up when you don't think about it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, Hey, I never thought about that. That's probably bothering me too. Mm -hmm. Like. It's bothering you that you can't eat in a restaurant.
0: Maybe you're grieving eating in a restaurant, you know, like that could be part of it. That, yeah, there is no right or wrong answers with these things. Please do not minimize yourself and go, well, (laughs) grieving in restaurant, you know, grieving eating in restaurants is really ridiculous. No, It's not. It's not
1: all of it is grief. Like, I mean, we talked about, so we're grieving the dance community imploding and COVID kind of take, you know, has removed any opportunity for us to do any of that. No foreign travel. I mean, there could be so many things you could talk about right now, that you probably didn't have to deal with before. And they, those might be the top of mind because they're what your brain can pick up, but maybe underneath there's some other things that
0: are starting to come through. So Yeah. Well, and there have been a lot of people and women in particular who have had to quit their jobs to basically be stay-at-home mom because, you know what I mean? Like there's, or, you know, you might be grieving an identity and having to slip into a new one and be like, how do I do this? Like it could be. Exactly. It could be anything. Maybe you become
1: a bigger caregiver. Maybe you have a senior in your life you need to take care of. Mm-hmm. You know, I see that a lot more now. Folks yeah. are, I mean, beginning of COVID, I was grocery shopping for four seniors. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I was just like, who are these people? Where did they come from? I'm suddenly <laughs> like taking care of four old people. So that's the way it goes. Mm-hmm. So exactly. Yeah. So that's the homework is just kind of start thinking that way. And then, um, yeah. And then we'll kind of post stuff on social media and see where we go from there.
0: Yeah. And, we, are, we were hoping to have at least two episodes a month mm-hmm. um, that gives people time to, you know, do homework. It yeah. also gives us time to do our homework. Yep. And also hoping to release some bonus episodes right. of people who wanted to talk to us from, about the previous season. So, yeah, got some exciting things on the docket. Excellent.
1: Well, thank you, everybody, for listening today. And hopefully, if you have any questions, follow us on social media, like Kelly said. And stay tuned for more. Unpacking.
0: Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time.